Welcome to Citizens Midweek, a podcast for our church family in Charlotte, North Carolina, where we take a deeper look at this week's sermon. I'm your host, Jacob Kirby, here with Cole Simpson, a member of our lead team and a deacon who is filling for Tim this week while he's out of town. Let's get started. This week, we looked at Ephesians chapter four, verses 17 through 24, kind of talking about um, the old self versus our new self um, and kind of Paul's outline for the way that we are called to live as Christians in light of the gospel. Um, We highlighted a few um, ways that that ourselves have been changed since believing in Jesus. Specifically, we looked at our, our old heads, our old hearts and our old hands and kind of how the gospel changes that in us. So um, specifically we said that our old heads, um, our old heads had darkened minds that we were separated from God and our thinking, trying to find our own way where our new heads have renewed minds that they're enlightened to the truth of Jesus. Our our new heads um, find the truth of Jesus. Beautiful. Our old hearts were callous and hard hearted, hating the things of God. They were hearts of stone, but our new hearts that are given to us by Jesus are hearts of flesh that are soft towards God, soft towards the ways of Jesus. Um, our old hands were greedy for sin, that um, they represent our old lives that were ignorant and cold and greedy towards the things of God. But um, our new hands um, put on a new self that longs for righteousness and holiness. And then also kind of to wrap it up, we talked about four ways to to put on your new self. The first one was to become a Christian the second one wants to stop compromising with your old self. The third one was to join God in the work of personal renewal. And the fourth one was to keep going back to the gospel. Yeah, I think for me, listening to the sermon this week, um, one of the things that stood out the most to me was that second um, point at the end about how to kind of put off the old self, how to put on the new self, which is to stop compromising with your old self. I think Tim said something specific in the sermon that really struck me was that stop compromising with what killed Jesus, which was certainly a very strong way to say that. But um, yeah, I just think there's a lot of seasons and a lot of areas in my life where I've, you know, really tried to rationalize like, well, I know this is probably not the way I've been called to live, but it's not really affecting me that much. Or I'm still performing in my, you know, community group setting. Well, I'm still showing up for people. I'm still doing my, my ministry or whatever. I'm, I still led worship well this week. I still taught somebody something in small group. But, um, yeah, just the idea that as long as we're keeping our new self, that we're, we're compromising with the thing that killed Jesus. I thought that was really impactful for me, but, um, what about you, Cole? Anything that stood out to you in particular this week? Yeah. I mean, just even playing off what you just said, I think we, uh, I think Tim talked about how C.S. Lewis referred to it as the almost innocent sense. Um, and in teaching team, we also talked about how Martin Luther used the phrase little sense was his his terminology. And I think that was just a really helpful category for me. I've heard uh, friends of mine and I've talked about it before and we've, we've used the terminology Christian versus non-Christian sins. Um, just the idea that there are certain sins that are just seen as okay. Yeah. And not a big deal or uh, this is just part of, part of this and all that. And, and just obviously, you know, it is a balance in the fact that we are not, uh, our identity is not in the fact that we are not sinners. Our identity is not in the fact that we are now perfect, but it is in the fact that Jesus was perfect for us. Right. And so we're counted righteous because of Jesus, not because of ourselves. But part of that, part of that is this idea that we are called to turn away from our sin and not just to be okay with even our little sins. And so 
there's this this balance because on one hand you're forgiven you're loved regardless of your sins like that is for sure always true but simultaneously as a believer there is no category for well we're okay with that sin right now it's like no we should be working together and pushing towards looking more like jesus in every area now you know you got to balance that even with the this idea and we've talked about this over a few sermons like the idea of the long game sanctification is a long game so like you're probably not going to wake up tomorrow and no longer struggle with anger if you've struggled with anger your whole life or (laughs) no longer struggle with lust if you've struggled with lust your whole life but the goal is that slowly over time day by day you start to look less like that old self and more like that new self so I think that was a really helpful category for me, the idea of little sins and just for me to to sit down and think about and ask myself the question, what are the little sins that yeah. that I have said are okay? Um, and at least for me, you know, this is a little bit of a one-off, but at least for me, sometimes the little sins that I'm okay with, I'm okay with because they're productive. Hmm. You know, so I, I tend to lean towards uh, productivity, put, finding my value in worth in what I can accomplish. And so if those little sins, uh, at least from my sinful, wrong viewpoint, help move the needle as far as productivity is concerned, then I, I want to justify that. I want to say, well, you know, obviously this isn't okay. But the ends but, justify the means the a little bit. justify the means, right. Yeah. And it's just like, well, that's actually not true. Right. Like, Jesus has called us to be different, not towards being uber successful or uber productive. Like that's not our main goal. Our main goal is to look like Jesus and we don't want to compromise even in, even if they are like, oh, but this helps me be this type of person. I'm successful because of this quote unquote little sin. And it's like, well, that's not really what we're called to. Right. Yeah. It kind of reminds me just of the, the turning point in my life that happened when I came and started coming to a church like citizens that even asked me to confess sin at all, which what is confessing sin is confessing our old self, right? Like this is the way I am apart from Jesus, my old self. Um, but I mean, I remember before coming to a church that ever asked me to confess sin, I'd been a Christian or trying to be a Christian for years and doing ministry. And, you know, I certainly had the the guilt internally of having an old self, of having sin patterns, but didn't know what to do about it. And nobody was really talking about it because we were more focused on kind of the 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 means, I guess, or the, you know, we were, we were focused on the ministry, on the success, on having, you know, the outcomes that we wanted in our church settings and our ministry settings and our you know, work settings. So it was like, I was this internal battle of like, well, I'm internally doing terribly and nobody knows it, but externally I'm doing what is expected of me. Like people think I'm really good at leading worship. People really think they were helped by something I said in a Bible study and that, you know, dichotomy, I mean, was killing me. It was awful. <laughs> nobody yeah. knew. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that that's a really good point. And I mean, something we even talked about when we, wanted to plant citizens is this idea of, you know, we, we all have different contexts. We all grew up in different, um, different homes, different backgrounds, but you know, at least, and you know this, but I've talked about my background was very religious, very image management. And I I think the South in general can lean a little bit of that image management, um, image management, uh, religiosity lean. And so I think for us, something that might be difficult is to believe the things that Jesus says about boasting in our weaknesses yeah, and believing sure. that 
our new self is not actually primarily based on our performance or right. what people perceive about us. Our new self is based primarily on our identity in Jesus and the promises he's given us. Like in Philippians where it talks about he will, he has started to work in us and he will bring it to right. completion. And so I, I think that is something that we're called to as believers. And I don't think that's easy, but when we look at the life of Jesus, I do not think Jesus's primary concern was what the world thought about him. Right. And, and I think that is an easy, for example, talking about little sin of like, well, I just want people to like me. That's mm-hmm. not a bad thing. Yeah. It's not bad to want yeah. people to like you, but it is bad if it starts to dominate your life and start to control. You start to choose to do things in a different way because what if this person doesn't, you know, whatever sure. it is. So. Yeah. What do you think are kind of some of the maybe uh, cultural, like little sins that you see kind of pop up the most in the communities that we float in of like a lot of people think this is okay <laughs> and we're not really doing much to address it because maybe it seems safer than some of the worst things going on. Yeah. Uh, I think that, you know, and we've even tried to hit some of these in sermons um, of the past series in Ephesians because Ephesians is just such a good work, such a good book to be able to hit on both deep theological truths, but simultaneously like pretty practical truths. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so, you know, Tim even talked about that, the turn in Ephesians three to Ephesians four. Um, I think a few things uh, that I can see, I already mentioned image management. I think that's pretty common. Yeah. Um, another one is thinking that, uh, confession is the same as repentance. Right. Ooh. I think it's a pretty common <laughs> yeah. little sin, you know. So uh, I think we have taken a step in the right direction when we start instead of, so like you talked about, instead of just internalizing right. all my sin, okay, I'm going to start take the next step of I'm going to tell people about it. Yeah. And I want to celebrate that and say that's a right. beautiful thing. And like that is that is Jesus working in you. For sure. And the next step is repentance. Right. So confession is great. And you're not just called to confession. Yeah. You're not just called to walk yeah. into community group every week and say, well, this is how I sin this week. You're called to confess and then change. Yeah. And that's repentance. And you need the Holy Spirit to do that. Yeah. It's going to be a long process. But I think that is a little sin that I, I see in our culture. Uh, I think uh, a little sin that I see and I definitely struggle with myself is just the replacing our identity is a, is a big one, you know, so... Oh, I'm not putting my identity primarily in Jesus. Or and Tim even talked about this. Jesus and yeah. So Jesus and a successful job, right? Jesus and a beautiful family, yeah. Jesus and my passion, right? You know. So I, I think that is a a big one. Just to name a few, those are some examples yeah, of little things sure. that I think are easy to sweep under the rug. Yeah. No, I think that confession versus repentance thing was really. I mean, that's a really prominent thing I see, especially like people that are coming around our community, like really wanting to celebrate, like for some people. And and there was a season where I put myself in that camp of like, sometimes confession is the hardest thing you've ever done. <laughs> like telling Absolutely. anybody, anybody at all, something you've never told somebody. And there's, right. there's a clearly an evident work of the spirit to bring you to confess something that you haven't told anybody before. Um, but also, <laughs> you know, but beyond that, we're, you know, we want to put off our old self. We don't just want to identify our old self. We want to turn away from it and, you know, turn, turn towards the way of Jesus instead. And yeah, I mean, it can be really hard, especially when it's things that we've dealt with a really long time. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like- and I, I think, and we've even hit this one, but I think uh, apathy can play a lot into that. Sometimes we wear apathy like a badge. Yeah. You know, for sure. so I'm apathetic, so I can't do that. Yeah. And it's like, well, you, you are a person who has the ability to make decisions <laughs> yeah. and, you, and you can choose to be disciplined and it is difficult. Right. It's going to be a process yeah. like 
don't mishear me. I'm not saying like, well, just decide to be better. Right. (laughs) Oh, really? It's just that easy. Like, I'm not saying that, but I I am saying like, decide to start taking steps in the right direction. Yeah. And and talk to your community about that and hold yourself to that standard. Right. And I think Jesus will show up there. Yeah. I think it's an important part of growing in discipline too. You know, I kind of like to say it in the way of like, grow in discipline when you don't need to so that you are disciplined when you need to be (laughs) like there's going to be a time where you need the discipline that you don't need right now yeah Uh, another one that i've heard similar but a little bit different is the idea of um i actually i think tim said this in a sermon but it's uh when you feel like disciplines are having the least effect is when they're probably having the greatest effect yeah and the most important to keep doing them So I think kind of as we're talking about the old self versus our new self, I um, thought it would be cool to maybe hit on some of the, just some cool stories you could maybe share about ways that you've seen people in a really encouraging way take steps towards putting on the new self, you know, as we've walked in community with people sometimes for years. Um, any kind of encouraging word you have about examples you've seen? Yeah. I mean, I think I was actually talking to a friend about this the other day and we were talking about uh, a guy that was in my community group at throughout college and you know now leads a community group and is married and uh helps lead a ministry at a a different church he doesn't go to citizens and he was asking me you know we were talking about that that growth and that sanctification and just talking about like how how does that happen like what what did he do right like this guy that uh, not to seemed very normal like there wasn't someone who like was like oh my gosh this guy is gonna extraordinarily yeah, gifted like, or you know no, yeah. nothing like that just a super normal guy and i think the thing that really stood out to me was just his faithfulness yeah you know so just the the faithfulness of i'm gonna prioritize community group i'm gonna be there i'm gonna prioritize being honest about my sin yeah uh, i'm gonna prioritize when people push into me I'm going to give them a voice in my life and I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen to community. It's going to be hard sometimes. I'm not always going to handle it perfectly, but I'm going to try and listen to the people that God has put around me, the community that God has put around me. I'm going to be committed to them. And then I'm going to be, I'm going to be committed to Sunday gatherings and trying to do what the Bible says. Right. And it was like, really those three things like, okay, I'm committed to community group. I'm committed to Sundays. And then I'm committed to the Bible and trying to do what it says. You know, and I just think we regularly would have a conversation after a sermon. Oh, you know, I did not realize that that applied here. And it's like, yeah, you know, and we would talk about it. And, you know, sometimes it was a longer conversation and sometimes it wasn't. And then pretty regularly that week and the next few weeks in community group, he'd be talking about, you know, we preached on this a few weeks ago or we preached on this this week. And... I'm really trying to apply that in my life. Uh, maybe another way to say it, maybe a, a cleaner way. Sorry, I'm kind of thinking as I yeah. talk, but yeah. is his primary goal was not to be a consumer. So his primary goal was not to listen to what we we're talking about in community group and what we we're talking about on Sundays and to say, are they doing a good job? Does it ha- What could be better? Yeah. His primary goal was... Okay, we're talking about the Word of God. We're talking about the Bible. We're talking about what Jesus is doing. How does this hit me? Right. Because something's going to hit me. Right. Something, I'm going to need to hear something. And just he had that attitude, and I think it really, uh, his faithfulness, that attitude has just produced a lot of fruit. I think that is, and as I look around people that I see, 
you know, just have really pushed into going to war with their old self, not being willing to, as Tim talked about, wear their old self stocks. They're, they're trying to be faithful, willing to listen to the people around them and just say, okay, what, what can I take no matter where we're at? What can I take and apply this to? What do I need to hear? How do I need to be changed? Yeah. I'm thinking too, like the people that are committed to, you know, with God's help, trying to put off their old self are normally pretty, um, I don't know. What's the word I'm thinking? I'm thinking the opposite of defensive. They're uh, open. Yeah. They're pretty open to, to hearing what, what people have to say to them. You know, I think in a lot of ways when I, when I was really committed to image management more than I am now, which is still a battle that I'm, you know, fighting a lot. But um, any critique was um, was an attempt at you know crumbling the infrastructure of my image management. I couldn't I couldn't handle criticism, even done in love by people that I cared about, you know. Um, but just the people that I see that are really committed to trying to be more like Jesus in normal, ordinary ways. Um, they take confrontation and criticism, maybe not always excitedly, but sort of thankfully, at least, you know, um, there's there's an ability to to hear something that somebody that you love and care about has to say to you that might be hard to still take it well. And I think that's part of the what you're saying about boasting in our weaknesses. And, you know, I heard a, a pastor say this years and years ago is that we should have a sort of eagerness to to discovering more of our weaknesses because the more weak that we are, the more weak that we see ourselves to be, that makes what God has done to cover our weaknesses even more beautiful. You know, God had to do even more to cover our sinfulness and our weakness. The more we're aware of just how weak and sinful we are. Yeah, no, I mean, I think something that, uh, I can't remember who preached it. It might've been Matt Chandler, but listening to a sermon a few years ago and he talked about this idea of, you know, he had he had four or five, three or four people in his life that if they told him he was off, mm. it wasn't even a conversation. Yeah. I mean, it was just like... I believe you. <laughs> oh, if you, you say I'm off, I'm off. Yeah. He said, like, he would let a week, maybe a little bit longer go by before he even considered <laughs> that they might be wrong. Yeah. Because they know, like, he trusted them so much. Yeah. And so that was an interesting category for me. But then the next thing he said was also interesting. He said... But those guys are almost never the guys to tell me that I'm off. Huh. It's always the person that I feel like I'm spiritually ahead of. Yeah. That I feel like cannot add that much to me. And usually when they confront me, they're not doing that good of a job. Yeah. And and so those were both really helpful to me, at least, <laughs> this idea of, okay, I think I probably need people in my life who know me enough and I trust them enough that if they are speaking in my life, I'm going to trust them, period. Yeah. They like, they know your old self well enough to right. recognize so it. So it's like, I, I need those people. And then simultaneously, I've got to work to cultivate a spirit of humility in myself that if anybody pushes into me or, or you know mm. tries to correct me or, or tries to push me towards Jesus, I'm going to at least consider what they have to say and yeah. then take that to other people and not just be, well, you're wrong. Yeah. And, and that's hard. And I, I don't pretend to have mastered that or figured yeah. that out, but it is something I'm, I'm working on trying to be able to take criticism, hear what people say to me and just willingly look at it and say, okay, am I actually doing this? Am I actually yeah. choosing sin here instead of choosing God? Yeah, 
any kind of final thoughts or any final you know things that you're thinking as we're kind of wrapping up this this discussion today yeah i think uh going back to maybe one of tim's other points uh joining god and his work of renewal I, i think that's really telling because a lot of times the way that god sanctifies us is not us sitting in a room and being self-reflective. Yeah. Not, I'm not trying to say there's not a time for that. For there's sure. not a time to just, okay, what do I need to work on? Like, yeah, absolutely. You should do that. You should pray to God. You should ask people. But I think a lot of times God's sanctification comes from the work of doing ministry. Right. The work of going out and telling people about Jesus yeah. and trying to invite people into your life and trying to do these spiritual disciplines, like doing the thing, right? doing ministry and not trying to reach a certain point because then you're mature enough to do ministry. And and I think that is a, at least for me, seems um, contrary to what I would believe because I would believe, okay, I've got to clean myself up and then I can go do ministry. And I think when we believe what the Bible says, when we believe that God is sovereign and he has chosen not that he needed to, but he has chosen to use us as the primary means of the expansion for the expansion of the church. We realize that the ministry we're doing isn't primarily about us. Right. Like it's not actually my talent or my giftings that are primarily being used for the expansion of the kingdom. Like it's not about what I can do. It's that God is choosing to use me yeah. despite my limitations. Yeah. And so I think that is a was a really helpful category for me as well and something that I want to think about and, and push into. I think uh well, I think tends to something to the extent of like remembering that we are saved before we are sanctified, and you know just the tendency that we have to really shift that pair that uh, that formula around of we're going to be sanctified so that we can be saved, and we you know so we do the doing, we do the the hands and feet parts of of being Jesus centered family, kind of with the hope that it'll make us feel more saved. <laughs> but the opposite is actually could not be more true, which is that. We are so incredibly saved and, and stayed and steadied by the work of Jesus that, you know, we can walk through the mess of being sanctified with confidence and with clear conviction because we're already settled in God's sight. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think that was Luther's whole argument right. it, when he, you know, nailed up the 95 Theses was justification and sanctification. Yeah. You're first justified. You're first made right with God, yeah. period. Yeah. And then God changes you. To look more like him and yeah. that, that matters that order matters because if it's sanctification then justification yeah then our justification our being right with god is based on us getting better right and the good news of the gospel is that it's absolutely not based right. on us getting better it's based on jesus and then because of jesus we look more like Jesus. right right jesus has given us a new self definitely <laughs> so walk in in that manner right yeah a couple final thoughts for us before we wrap up today just a Quick reminder, a few announcements. We got our summer studies coming up. Shameless plug. Cole and I are teaching them together. <laughs> Money 101, biblical view of finances and things like that. Um, we've also got, um, Bi- is it Bible 101? Bible 101. Bible 101, how to, how to study and read the Bible. Um, and Missions 101, how to, how to be on mission in your community, in your workplace. Yeah. Um, those are starting at various times throughout June and running for throughout the summer. We would love if everybody would sign up for at least one. They are all in different dates, so you could do all of them if you're an overachiever. Try and do one. Just try and do one is the good goal. We'd like everybody to try and do one. Um, we've got a Memorial Day cookout coming 
on Memorial Day weekend, oddly enough. Um, and we also launched a new community group in the Plaza Midwood area this week. If you were at the gathering, you got to pray for our new community group leaders, Drew and Stephanie. Um, but if you are listening to this and you haven't joined a community group yet, it is the primary way by which we, you know, we walk out trying to live in our new selves together, um, which is in the context of our community group. So if you're looking to get into a community group, maybe even Drew and Stephanie's in the Plaza Midwood area, um, you can check out our website at citizenscharlotte.com. But that's all I've got for us today. Thanks for joining us, Cole. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we'll see you next time.